Hey, Armchair listeners. If you like this podcast and you like the material that we're talking about and you would like to see us grow and continue with this podcast, we are going to be asking you a huge favor. When you have a moment, whatever platform you're on, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or something else, take a moment and go rate us. Give us a good rating. And while you're at it, when you're talking to your other coaching buddies, your other friends, your other football fans, please send them our way. We need more listeners. We need more of you guys. Thank you. This is the Armchair Coaching Podcast. Welcome back to the Armchair Coaching Podcast. My name is Coach Sheffer. I am your host. I am the offensive line coach at Brentsville District High School in Noakesville, Virginia. And today, what we are talking about, we're talking Army football. We're talking more triple option football, much to Coach Steve's chagrin. <laughs> uh, so let's get through some introductions. Coach Steve, let's have you go first tonight. I'm Coach Steve. I'm the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Addison Trail High School. It's a western suburb of Chicago. Um, I do have my own podcast, uh, the Sideline Podcast with Coach Steve. You can find me on Twitter, Coach underscore Steve72. And I learned my lesson from the last podcast, so I'm ready to go this time for this under center offensive stuff. I learned my lesson. All right, good. You got to do your research. All right, Coach Banster, are you ready? Yes, sir. Uh, Thanks again for having me on, Coach. Uh, my name is Nick Banstra. I am the special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach at Fairborn High School here in Ohio. Um, I, I do run a YouTube channel. I offer a bunch of coaching clinics and interviews. Um, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Nicholas Banstra or Coach Banstra. You can also find me on Twitter at, at Coach Banstra. All right. And uh, Coach Bennett had to step aside for a moment, but he will be back here in a few minutes. And when he gets back, I will allow him to introduce himself. Uh, so what we're going to be talking about today, we got a couple things. We're going to do our first let's play a game. We have a little trivia game today that uh, the boys were not necessarily prepared for. Um, we're also going to be talking some Army stats. We're going to have a couple discussions. We'll talk about, obviously, we'll talk about the triple option. We'll talk about Coach Munkin. We will talk about um, whether or not we feel that Army would be successful running a different offense. Uh, we'll talk about whether or not athletic directors are afraid of hiring triple option coaches or not. And we're, of course, we're going to talk favorite army moments, favorite army players um, and stuff of that nature as well. So for this one, man, Army's one of those teams that's really grown on me the last couple of years. And I don't know if it's necessarily about the triple option. I've always been a fan of old school offenses and stuff like that, but um Army is one of those teams that I've always played as. I do a lot of dynasties with Army on NCAA 14. <laughs> um, they're one of those teams that I've done. And sometimes I'll, like, go different offense or whatnot, but I usually go back to the triple option. And Coach Bennett is back. So, Coach Bennett, do you, could you take a moment to uh, introduce yourself? I'm Matthew Bennett. I'm the co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Clinton High School in Clinton, South Carolina. 
I don't have a YouTube or anything like that, like Coach Banstra. But if you want to talk some football, you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Bennett Thirty Two, and uh, recording this live on my thirtieth birthday. So, couldn't think Happy of a better birthday, way Coach. to start. Thank you. Couldn't think of a better way to start the Dirty Thirty than talking a little contrary in offenses, especially one that should have beat Ohio State or Michigan. We'll talk about that one or here Michigan. in a little bit. Or or Oklahoma, yeah, the couple of blue bloods. We'll talk about that. That's one of the questions we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, before we get into uh, Army, does anybody have any news like in the high school world? I heard I hear there's another state coming out with football in the fall. Anybody? I can't because I'm sort of close. Michigan reversed their decision. They were going to have high school football in the spring. They reversed their decision to start having it in the fall. I don't know exactly where someone said they're going to pick up their week four. So hopefully Illinois gets their crap together and reverses it as well. Yeah, I did see on Twitter where a couple of coaches were saying, oh, what about like Maryland and Virginia and all the other team, the states that don't have football? And most of the, most of the answers are probably not, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, the states have kind of already made up their mind and, Honestly, in Virginia, I have not really heard about anybody thinking about retracting the original decision. Um, we are going to start doing in-person workouts again next week. So that's pretty cool. Finally get to see my kids for once. All right. Any other news at all? No other birthdays or anything to talk about? <laughs> all right. Um, so a little bit of Army stats, man. This is one that I really liked looking up. Um, I thought this was going to be interesting. You know, when I originally thought of this idea for this podcast, I thought, you know, it would be a really good episode if we compared and contrasted Army versus Washington State under Mike Leach. And I was looking at the stats versus the two, and they're literally the complete opposite. It, um, when it comes to rushing and passing, they're the complete opposite. But are their philosophies all that different? Eh, that might be an uh, – Another episode. We'll see. Um, so some Army stats. We've got head coach Jeff Monken in his sixth season. In five seasons, he is 40 wins and 36 losses, which is a .526 win percentage. You compare that to the Army all-time winning percentage, you've got 697 wins, 526 losses, and 51 ties. So .567. So technically, Coach Munkin is technically below average when it comes to win percentages at Army, but we will have a discussion about you need to take that with a grain of salt, and we'll look at more recent history here in a little bit. Um, Army has won eight outright Commanders and Chiefs trophies, the most recent in 2018, meaning they beat both Air Force and Navy in those years. Um, and under Jeff Munkin, in the last, except for last year, last year they had a five and eight record. Um, but in 2016, 2017, 2018, he didn't have any years under eight wins, which is pretty darn good at Army. 2017 offensive stats, points per game, 30.2. Yards per game, 390. Passing yards per game, you're going to love this one, 27.8. Rushing yards per game, 362.3. Um, I think 2017, that was the year where they had 
three games where they didn't even complete a pass or attempt one. I know they beat Air Force without attempting a pass. Um, they beat somebody else that way too. That, yeah, think about that for a second. Um, 2018 offensive stats, 32 points per game, yards per game, 392. Passing yards per game, 80, so they had to pass it a little bit more in 2018. Rushing yards per game, 312. 2019 stats, points per game, 28. Yards per game, 379. Passing yards per game, 82. Rushing yards per game, 297. So a little bit of a dip in both points per game and uh, rushing yardage. We'll talk about why we think that might have happened uh, recently. Now, under Coach Monken, man, after that 11-2 and two year, when they went on to beat um, Houston, they scored – how many points did they score on Houston? Does anybody remember in that bowl game? 70. Yeah. A triple option team scored 70 points on a spread team. Um, let's just say the uh, wing T and triple option coaches came out of the woods that day on Twitter. Um, so that was a very interesting day, I will have to admit. We all thought that the next season was going to be just as good. They would have to replace their quarterback, Ahmad Bradshaw, that year. Um, they had to replace a couple of defensive starters. North Carolina coach Mac Brown poached Army's defensive coordinator, um, who had had really successful defenses for a few years. So they go from 11 and 2 in one season, and they enter in to Michigan Stadium on national television. And by all looks, it was going to be another good season. They had a chance to beat a blue blood. And it looked like they were going to. They had the shot. But in second overtime, third and 11, they were in field goal range. You'd think they would probably do something with the fullback just to get better field goal range. But they decide to go with a pass. And there's a sack fumble. And they lose the game in, over, in double overtime. To me, just the fact that they were able to take Michigan, even though Michigan wasn't, you know, a national title contender last season, that's still pretty darn good for a team like Army to take them to uh, double overtime. Um, so I would like to go ahead and start our trivia game. So you guys are going to have to unmute yourselves. Yes, Coach Bennett, you make a good point there. Three things can happen when you pass. Two of them are bad, and that's if you can get the pass off. Um, all right, so let's play a game, Army Edition. Question number one. How many SEC teams have fewer national championships than Army West Point? Eight. Thirteen. You have a guess, Coach Steve? Ten. Coach Banstra is correct. It is eight. So Army actually has more national championships than these teams. Auburn, Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. All right. Army has the what? same huh? – what, what SEC teams have more than them other than Bama, obviously? Uh, okay, let me read that off. I do have that. There are three that
that have the same number because Army has three national championships. There's three teams that have the same number, Ole Miss, Florida, and Texas A&M. They have three national titles. And then there's three that have more, Bama, LSU, and Tennessee. Um, so excuse the phone, please. That phone has been ringing all day long. Uh, real quick, let me ask the next question. Which team has more Heisman uh, Trophy winners, Army or Alabama? Army. I'm going to say Army. Alabama. He's muted. Sheffer's muted. Dang it. The answer is three with Army. Army has three. Bama has two. I did write those down here. Hold on. Where'd they go? Mark right. Ingram and uh, the uh, the big uh, Derrick Henry. Yep. Mark Ingram in 2009. Derrick Henry in 2015 for Alabama. And for Army, this, we're going back here, guys. Doc Blanchard in 1945. Glenn Davis in 1946. And Pete Dawkins in 1958. Those are the three Army Heisman Trophy winners. Um, and I forgot to mention it, the three national titles for Army were all in 1944, 1945, and 1946. And that's basically when Army had the vast majority of their all-time wins was way back in the day. All right, last question. I did send you guys a uh, – on the script today, I did send you a clip of just some recent coaches there. Last question is, since 1990, how many Army coaches have had a winning record? Since 1990? So that's 30 years. How many Army coaches have had a winning record? One. Two. Jeff Munkin. It's going to be one. The answer is Jeff Munkin. That is correct, Coach Bennett. How would you like my little trivia game there? I would like to get a, I would like to get a bonus point for naming the coach to put me ahead of Coach Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give you the extra point and the victory, Coach Bennett. <sighs> All right. South, South Carolina beats Ohio again. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> hey, I may have been born in Ohio, but I consider Texas my new home. So yeah. you live in Ohio. You I know, but I lived, Texas, home, I lived live in Texas in for seven years, and I claim the beautiful city of San Antonio as my new home. I love – it's so great that I pull for Clemson, you pull for Ohio State, and he's got that picture of that Ohio State score, and they, they're 1-0 against Clemson. So, it's like, no wonder we bully him about the air raid. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that and he rolls in here with Alabama stuff, too, and they have less Heisman trophies. It's all about the rings, baby. It's all about the rings. That's true. It's team sport. It's team sport. Do you want to know how many, <laughs> how many national titles Bama has claimed? 17. At least that's according to all the websites. It's, it's anywhere between 15 and 17, depending on who you really ask. And the Tennessee has six. How yeah, does, Tennessee's like – they're like Alabama. They claim ones they've never won. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Tennessee good way back when? Oh, yeah. General General Neyland. General yeah. Neyland. Then you had uh, the guy who won the national championship, Johnny Majors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they, they were, rolled right they from really Johnny going. Majors to Philip Fulmer. And then – And they went down the, the crap hole. 
Yeah, we definitely oh, they, we need to do a program profile on them too. <laughs> Just talk talk crap about recent Tennessee football. <laughs> That'd be a good way to get some Twitter hate. True. I mean, oh, Tennessee Tennessee Twitter is a brutal brutal place. They they got a coach not hired. <laughs> wow. They got Greg Schiano not hired. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our discussions. Um, so our first question today is going to be about Coach Munkin. And I'm going to ask you guys, what are your own personal thoughts and opinions on Coach Munkin? For me personally, I'm going to go first here tonight. Kind of like what we talked about. <laughs> kind of what we talked about last time when we talked Navy, um, how – Coach Niamatololo has his culture mirrored and married so much perfectly with the Navy uh, midshipmen that Bancher, why are you entering the room again? Because I'm trying to do it on my computer so you can stop seeing the bad screen. Actually, what I really want to do is have two pictures of Fuggle Bennett. Hold on, we got. Now there's an echo. Dick. All right, good. I muted him. <laughs> good. <laughs> there we go. The wonders of Zoom. All right. Two more. That's two more bachelors than you need. <laughs> but uh, we talked about Coach Niamatololo and how how good of a fit he is and how good of a fit his culture is for that team. I honestly could not imagine somebody more perfectly fit to Army and his person, their personality than Coach Munkin, from what I've seen. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why they've had so much success is because he understands what it's like to be a cadet. Um, and he's just done a really good job. And his pregame and postgame speeches make you want to run through a wall. Um, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But uh, Coach Banstra, are you ready to unmute yourself? And uh, what are your – feelings on coach Munkin. Oh, I love coach Munkin. I mean, I have an article that hangs in my room, my classroom about his like principles of how he built army of what he built the program off of. Like, I mean, he's a fantastic coach. I mean, that, and he's been all around is what people don't realize. I mean, yeah, he spent some time in Navy and Georgia tech, but I mean, you go back to his career. I mean, he was at Buffalo, Arizona state, Hawaii. I mean, he's got experience with good coaches. Um, I think it was a perfect hire for a program that was struggling at the time. Um, and he's built it on just grit and a foundation of culture. Um, again, he's hired really well. Um, obviously the defense coordinator he lost to North Carolina was a big loss. Um, but I mean, before he got there, what army had lost, how, like, what was it like 10, 15 straight games in Navy or some, something absurd like that. And 14. then he, 14 like he rides the ship like I mean he's part of that Paul Johnson coaching tree and I, I mean he does a fantastic job yeah I'd have to agree uh coach Bennett I uh I love love coach Monkey. Uh he to me and I love coach Ken from Navy but they're they're two different sides of the same coin as far as Coach Ken's very seemingly, you know, a little bit quieter 
a little a little bit less in your face and coach Munkin has always struck me as like I'd love to go watch a practice at Army because I, I bet he is out of this world. I mean, he reminds me a lot of in the in the option world, I think he's the option like Nick Saban. Because he's coaching his ass off the entire game. I'm sure he does the entire practice. And like uh, Coach Master said, he's he's a branch off that Paul Johnson tree. I mean, you can make a really good case that that Paul Johnson take one of his staff pitchers from Navy and put it beside one of Coach Leach's staff pitchers from Texas Tech and look at how many future head coaches and coordinators you can pick out. And and this uh it's very impressive. And he's very good at adapting his offense. Yeah, I mean, he's he comes from offense family's brother's offense coordinator George. Didn't know his brother for sure. Uh I mean, great football coach. In my notes I just put great. Yeah, I I think it's his brother that's at Georgia. I was listening to an interview. I think one of his cousins is in the NFL. Um so it's a deep football tradition there in that family. They uh, probably don't even let the NFL guy come to Thanksgiving. They probably don't even talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Coach Steve, what are your thoughts and feelings? Yeah, you know, they, they hit the head nail on the head. He, he's, he gets those guys ready because kind of like Coach Ken, you know, they're there for a reason. He's the perf- Munkin's the perfect guy for them. I, I happen to know some of his family. They live in Charleston, Illinois. Uh, Jeff, there's a coach in Charleston, Illinois. His name is Bill Munkin. Jeff is his nephew. And it's just one his – Bill's son is an offensive coordinator up here at Bolingbrook, Illinois. So they're all over. I asked them about Thanksgiving dinner. They said, you don't want to come. You don't want to be there. Uh, it's a lot of football talk. It's a lot of arguing. Uh, but that family knows football. Uh, they, they, they build men, boys into men. Uh, and yes, the, Bill told me to run their their offense. What they were doing, he was at Jeff was at Georgia Southern at the time, so they told me, "Hey, why don't you go run the the pistol and all this and that?" And good thing I wasn't the head coach. I was like, "Go talk to the head coach. Don't talk to me. It's not my decision." Uh, but I, I love the analogy of he's a he's a option Nick Saban. I think that's the perfect. That's took the words right out of our mouths. I didn't think of it that way. That's the perfect analogy, uh, and. You know, just like Coach Ken gets them ready. Coach Ken's a little more, I'll be in your face off the camera. Jeff don't care. He'll do it on the camera. He don't care. Uh, so he, he does his job well. And, you know, and looking at his overall coaching record, he's 78-52 when he because of being at Georgia Southern for a little bit. So he has a winning record as a head coach. So he's doing something right. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, yeah, you guys hit it right on the head. I was going to try and say something, you know, sage and wise, but I have nothing <laughs> left over for this one. So we're going to move on. Talking about the option, I'm going to give our resident spread coach first shot at this particular question here, just because I know he's going to love trying to answer this question. Uh, so in the way I view it, Army's, Army's option is way different than Navy's option, uh, than what the original Paul Johnson. If you watch a Paul Johnson option not team, a Navy team, you're rarely going to see a tight end on the field. You're usually going to see two split ends, which are, we know as receivers. Sometimes they'll come in in a tight formation or they'll do like their over formations. They'll do some uh, unbalanced. But at Army, 
you're going to see a lot of heavy sets, a lot of extra linemen. Um, and to me, you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of belly or the down play. Some of you wing T guys call it the same thing. Um, so it, to me, it's a blend of the old school under center wing T and the Paul Johnson triple option. And coach Bennett mentioned it, I think the other day uh, in our other interview that army doesn't really run a whole lot of triple. They do sometimes, but a lot of what they do is double option uh, with one read. Now they have their own take on the option Coach Steve, what do you think it is that makes it so difficult to prepare for this offense? It's like any offense. If you can add some wrinkles into it that they don't have on film, it's going to be tough for anybody. You know, we'll get into it later. We talked about if you run the option or under center and like the Big 12, the Big 12 is not going to be ready for it because they play spread teams. So if you uh, have some wrinkles on it, they're not going to be ready for it. And then you got to pick what you're defending. You know, we keep talking about spread teams and RPOs. You got to pick what you're going to defend. And that type, are you, what are you going to defend? You're going to try to stop their run game up any type up the middle or anything, or you're going to be more worried about the option. And uh, I think it was Coach Ben that said it earlier. You know, Coach Munkin, he's he's a football coach, so he's going to come into the meeting and say, "Hey, why don't we just add a little wrinkle here that they're not ready for?" And we'll see in the Navy games because they always try something different. Uh, but he's willing to make those little tweaks, not go away from who they are. You know, they're going to stay to what they know, but I had a little wrinkle, you know, and it helps that being in a football family, they can have these conversations and figure it out. Um, so he knows every year you have to do some tweaks. So it's different on film. So when they come in, they can should have beat a Michigan team, you know, doing those wrinkles, you know, to go in there and do something like that. So, you know, coach Muckin being a football coach, that's what they do to keep uh, teams on their toes. They're never prepared for it. Yeah, um, I did. I did rewatch that game. The uh, there's a really good YouTube channel called um, I think it's Flexbone 101, or it's Triple 101. So one, it's something 101. But it's a guy who who put he used to do all like the Georgia Tech film, where it would just be the whole all the offense from the Georgia Tech games until they did not run the triple option anymore. Now he does all Navy, but he did do the Army Michigan game because it was a nationally televised game. Um, and I, because I'm weird this way, I literally sat down like I was watching film as a defensive coach and I wrote down how many times they ran each play, right? Um, their top three plays, top three plays. The first one was the zone dive. If you know triple, it's, the, it's basically a pullback up the middle um, with zone blocking. The second was speed option. So a double option. And the third was what I call belly, um, or a lot of people will call it down. It's the, uh, the down G with the guard pull and with the lead block and the, the down blocks and all that kind of stuff. So those were the three major plays. They ran zone dive 16 times. They ran uh, speed option 16 times. And they ran belly 12 times. They only ran triple eight they ran six pass plays and one QB wedge. So to me, what that says is there, yeah, a lot of triple option teams do run the belly, but the way that Army does it, it looks a lot like the wing T. So um, Coach Banster, Coach Bennett, you guys have any comments on um, the uh, triple option offense out of Army? I think he's done a great job of 
not uh, not reinventing the wheel and not asking his kids to do things they're not great at doing. Which is, you know, for a long time, Gus Miles on ran power to the right counter to the left, and that was it. Because he didn't want to train a guard to do two different things. Uh, Coach Munkin, if they're, if they're not comfortable reading their way out of the triple, they won't call it. A lot of times they'll call it early. And if, it, if they miss a read, might not see it again. Um, they run, you know, run a bunch of belly. But they run a bunch of zone dive. Uh, run a little bit of outside beer. But a lot of times when they run outside beer, I, I think they're just running follow and just flash faking and getting in behind the B back and going because their quarterbacks are usually a load. Uh, I love what they do. Love what they do. They're very fun to watch and uh, fun to go back and break down. Coach Banstra? I mean, kind of just echo everything he said. I mean, they do a good job. I mean, he does a really good job adapting to his personnel. It's like, what can they do this week? What can I do this year? And, and he runs it. It's, it's not – we're going to just try Miley's run in or inside or outside veer until it busts. It's okay. What's going to work against these guys based off how they line up? Because most, most coaches can figure out how to stop inside or outside veer. Like if they do things right, it's the adjustments off of that is what teams struggle with. Okay. Now we're going to run belly. Now we're going to run down. Now we're going to run zone dive. It's like, okay, what, how do you handle those adjustments? Cause that, those are usually what pop for big long runs as the game goes on. Yeah. And, I was rewatching the 2017 Army-Navy game, and I had forgotten that fullback room that they had at, on 2017. They had Andy Davidson, Darnell Wolfolk. They had Connor Slumka. All of them built like linebackers, if not heavy-ass linebackers that could be defensive linemen running the zone dive at you every other play. I, that's tough to stop, especially with the flat back forward moving offensive line. Um, so that's pretty tough to stop in my opinion. So let's move on to the next question here. Army has taken a couple of blue blood programs, for example, Oklahoma, Michigan, Ohio State, to the basically to their limit recently. With first, first part of this question, Coach Bennett, I'm going to let you answer this one. Will Army eventually beat one of these, quote, elite programs? And the second part of this question, are athletic directors too scared to schedule Army now? I'm going to use the second part of your question to answer the first part. I don't think they will because I don't think, they're, I don't think that schedule is going to keep happening. Um, I don't believe – They've come too close too many times to take it down like you call a blue blood program. And, I mean, even the uh, they, last year they played Ohio State. Was it last year they played Ohio State? And Ohio State beat them. I mean. I think it was like three years ago. It was the year before Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Like, I think the last time they played, they had a two-year, I think if I remember correctly, two-year I think last time was two years ago. and then the Last year they played Michigan. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I apologize to all the Ohio State people that I've mixed that up. Um, last year they played Michigan, should have beat them. And nothing, it, it comes down to X's nose and culture. And, and I like Jim Harbaugh. I do. I, he's, a, he's a great coach. But 
the talent that Michigan has, there's no better feeling as a coach when your kids beat a group of kids that no football coach in America, if you took the uniforms off of them, put them in shorts and t-shirts, said, which team do you want? They would, everybody would take Michigan. That's a great feeling. And they were just shy of having that. And I, and I think that scares a lot of people. I, the Oklahoma game is another one that, I mean, it was like they were just running offense on air, both teams, because neither team could slow the other one down. And for Oklahoma, kudos to Lincoln Riley. He's smart because when they got the ball, he knew they could go up and down the field quick, but towards the end of the game, he slowed it down to keep the ball out of Army's hand because they can't go down the field quick and score. Smart. But no, they won't because people won't schedule them. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll look at their schedule later. Um, I I don't remember what the schedule was looking like before COVID, but I don't think they had really anybody of that caliber on their schedule this season because I think everybody's like, nope, we're not playing them. We're not – this too close of a call. Um, Banstra, Steve, you guys got any comments on this particular one? Yeah. Um, sorry, I was muted. Um, I mean, it's going to be – as long as Jeff Munkin's the head football coach there, I think it – I'm not going to say they're not – nobody's going to schedule them, but, I mean, it's going to be not as easy as it was going to be. I mean, you, I mean, you played a tough game with Ohio State. You took Oklahoma to what overtime, if I remember correctly. Uh, you should have beat Michigan in overtime. I mean – like I said, they come out swinging, and I, I give him. And, and I've watched. We talked uh, last time about his pregame speech at the Michigan game, and like I, I went back and watched that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're screwed if you're gonna play him, especially early on. Like, I mean, I don't know how as, as if you're not you weren't jacked after that, and he knows how to focus those arguments right to that. Um, so that, that, I mean, that's kind of my opinion on the at least in terms of scheduling. I mean, it's not going to be um, necessarily the easiest, but I mean, they a triple a triple option slash wing T, whatever you want to call it, ha, can be can make a team competitive every year. I mean, you watch the Navy, Air Force, and Army do it every year. They 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 will make themselves competitive with some of these bigger programs. I'm not saying they're going to like beat Alabama by or Clemson by any means, but I mean, some of these lesser Big Ten schools. Middle of the road SEC, middle of the road ACC. That are like top. They're like between twenty and twenty fifth ranked in the country. Yeah, I think they could beat them. If I remember correctly, three years ago, they beat Duke because Duke was on their schedule, and then the year after, Duke beat them. But um, it might have been two years. I'm not exactly sure. I know they were on the schedule for like two years straight. Coach Steve? Yeah, I agree with all of them. I don't think you're going to see a Alabama or people like that schedule a team like that because they can't, like we said with Navy, they can't risk uh, that one loss. You know, if they go in with the one loss there and say, oh, my gosh, that was to Army or Navy, they're not going to risk it. You might see another Division One school schedule, but not like an Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State because they're not going to risk that one loss on their schedule. So in a way, yes, they're scared of them, but, you know, 
they are scared of them because of that one loss, but you're going to see some Division One big-time schedule them at some point. Andrew, you said you found their original schedule. Uh, you're muted. Uh, unmute yourself. Their original schedule is Bucknell at Rice. Then it go. Then they're actually home against Oklahoma at Miami, Princeton, Eastern Michigan, Buffalo, Air Force at Tulane, at UMass, and then obviously uh, at UConn. Then versus Navy and Philadelphia. So I mean, they had. I mean, Oklahoma on the schedule, um, which would have been good. I mean, a good game for them, especially since Oklahoma would be coming to them. Yeah, and I kind of, I, I kind of predict. I think Oklahoma is not. I mean, I, I might be completely wrong, and I might be not giving Coach uh, Riley enough credit. I think they might be down a little bit this year compared to the last year and the year before. Um, Cause they're reigning in a brand, well, reigning in a brand new quarterback who doesn't have any uh, experience at the college level. Um, that would have been interesting. So let's move on to the next one. Coach Banstra. I'm going to give you a uh, first shot at this one. Coach Munkin's name was brought up for the Mississippi state job last year before they hired the pirate. Still a good hire. I th I'd have to say. Um, will coach Munkin ever leave army? Why or why not? And which jobs would be perfect for Coach Munkin? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think had they not gotten the, the pirate, I think Jeff Munkin would have been the perfect hire there. Um, do I think he'd leave? I think he's more likely to leave than Coach N over at uh, Navy. I mean, Coach N's had a couple legitimate chances to leave and hasn't. I think uh, if – Coach Monkey keeps wanting. I think there's going to be some legitimate interest. Um, I mean, I'll use my running one of Vanderbilt is kind of the obvious easy one from an academic standpoint. And I mean, it just kind of makes sense. Um, I think if Matt Campbell ever leaves Iowa, Iowa State, that's a prime place. Um, those are kind of always the first two I go to. I mean, it's it. I don't think he's going to leave there for a non-Power 5 school, though. Like, if, if it did, it'd have to be, like, a top-end, like, American or Con USA school. Like, it'd have to be a legitimate, like, oh, that's a good program. Kind of like, like a Cincinnati or something like that size program. I'd, but to me, it's, it's – if he leaves there, it's going to be for, like, Vander – it's going to be for, like – a really bad SEC team or a bad Big 12 team. Um, like, you never know, the Les Miles thing may not end up working. Brent Deamer might leave or Les might – it just could falter and they hire Coach Munkin. I, I mean, to me, it's probably going to be something on the East Coast. I mean, he he's, he's done some stuff on the West Coast in his career. But historically, I mean, he's an East Coast guy for the most part. I mean, outside of the one year at Hawaii and one year at uh, – Arizona State. I mean, he's been Navy, Georgia Southern, Army. Like, it just makes more sense. It's probably an East Coast Power Five school. All right. Any other comments? I think uh, when I look at this, when I when I just pull up a list of Power Five schools, and I've said this to one of my buddies that coach with me here in South Carolina, he's a huge Gamecock fan. And 
as a Clemson fan, it hurts me to say, but I mean, I, I would have to think if you're South Carolina, you've got everything you need. You got money in the recruiting budget. You got these great facilities. And other than when Spurrier was there doing what everybody else is doing, hadn't really panned out. You got a great base to start your recruiting and recruit the states surrounding you. If Jeff Munkin got hired at South Carolina, I think they are rolling the SEC East soon, sooner rather than later. Hope it doesn't happen. Hope he goes somewhere else. But I think South Carolina would be a great fit if they just drop, you know, drop their cojones and don't be scared to make the hire. I don't think he's a Pac-12 guy. I think the Big 12, you know, I could see Iowa State, Kansas, something like that. But other than that, I think the perfect fit, not in the SEC, go out to Big Ten country and put on the orange and blue for the Illini. But those are those are those are my two. I think if he got even one of them, he could really do some damage and do it quick. Yeah, the the South Carolina. I've always thought of Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt should be a triple option team, just based on how what they are. Um, South Carolina, that would be interesting because at the moment they're still getting decent recruits and kids who are going to the NFL, um, but it doesn't seem like they have a really great culture there, not like a consistent culture, a very positive culture there because those those kids are getting in trouble left and right all the time. Some kids get kicked off the team and I think eventually he would be successful at South Carolina, but I think it would take a couple of years because he would have to establish – because for me, an offense like a wing tee or a triple option, um, you have to establish a culture that values that kind of offense and values like team instead of an individual. So I think it would take a couple of years. In the first few years, he's probably purging a bunch of those players out of that program. There's no, there's no question about that. But I'll tell you another thing that y'all don't know, but I do. What South Carolina is chock full of is offensive linemen that are about 6'4 and not 6'6 that go to App State, that go to places like that. They end up being all-conference players. You can roll, you can roll with some 6'4 linemen running what he runs and – he keeps some damn good football players in the state of South Carolina that go under the radar because Clemson recruits nationally now. And, I mean, we, Clemson gets – they get in-state kids, but a lot of times it's preferred walk-on type deal and because they, if, if there's a five-star lineman in Texas, Georgia, California, somewhere, and if Robbie Caldwell goes sit in their house, they got a good chance to get them. Um, I, I really – I've talked myself into it so much with Coach Campbell, our outside linebackers coach, that now I'm worried that if they ever, if the brass ever figures out, and their president, their new president's an Army guy. If they ever figured it out, they'd be a rolling ball of butcher knives, man. Mm-hmm. And all those NFL kids, other than Debo Samuel here recently, a lot of them are on defense. You can still get them cats. Coach Steve, do you have any rebuttals or anything like that? Me and Coach Ben are on the same wavelength when you said it. For some reason, I went straight to South Carolina because I was like, what? 
school that, you know, gets some tough kids, but just can't put it together. Coach Muck going to be that guy that comes in and says, I ain't put up with your crap. We're going to put it together. And if you hire a guy like that, though, and we talked about it with um, Clemson way back when, he's, you know, Dabo Sweeney's a perfect example. Don't fire a guy after a couple of years. You got to give him a couple, a few years, like, you know, five years or so to build it. So I think that'd be a good one. And for some reason, I keep going to like a Purdue or something. Uh, you know, I know they've always been throw the ball around, but it hasn't worked out besides once in a while beating Ohio State, which is funny to me, but we'll get to that another time. Uh, so a Purdue team or even Iowa State, I think I Big 12, imagine that offense in the Big 12, they're not going to know how to stop it because they're they worried about the spread team. So, um, but I don't think he'll leave unless it's the absolute right choice because he's got a good thing going. He's continuing to build it. You know, it's it's not done yet because they went a little backwards last year, but he's building it. He won't leave unless it's the right decision. He's got a good thing going. So, you know, some school that we just said would be the perfect fit. So I think like an Iowa State or South Carolina would be perfect. Yeah. Well, if South Carolina has a less than stellar season again, we'll see. I mean – Maybe his name comes up again, and we'll all be saying Coach Bennett is a genius. Well, I say that anyways, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's misinformation. <laughs> all right. Um, Coach Steve, I kind of did you a dirty earlier and asked you to talk about winged he and triple option and why it's hard to stop. So I'm going to give you a solid here real quick. Would Army be successful running a more – modern offense no because that's not what jeff munkin is that's not what they do never go away from who you are never go away from what you believe in you know now i'm not saying that once in a while they're gonna you know like i said i had a little wrinkle you know we talked about navy getting to a shotgun and stuff you know once in a while you know the munkin family they're gonna find some type of tweak uh, if in, the, in the pistol or whatever uh maybe once in a while they will run a wide stick. I don't know, something like that. Uh, but don't go away from who you are. That's not how he got to where he is. That's not how he wanted Georgia Southern or Army. So I think if he tried to go Mike Leach's offense right now, it's not going to work. That's not what he does. That's not what he knows. Stick to what you know. And like, like it was brought up earlier, Mike Leach's coaching tree, that's what they know. And that's what they've adapted their offense to. That's not really what he knows. So stick to what you do and He'll be just fine if he gets that division, big-time Division One job. Yeah, I mean, I think Army is the least adapted team to run something like an air raid because if you look at <laughs> – go watch some of their games from the past couple of years. When they actually do throw the ball, <laughs> it's it's not pretty. I mean, it can be effective if, if, if the guy's wide open – but it, it's not very pretty. And no offense, like, it, Army has some weaknesses, obviously. But I think their biggest weakness up front with the O-line is pass blocking. Um, and maybe it's because they only spend, like, 5% of their practice time doing it. Who knows? Like, yeah, like three minutes a week, like Coach Bennett says. Um, Coach Bennett, Coach Banstrad, either you have a, a comment on this particular question. No, it will not work. I, I, I go back to see Todd Berry early 2000s. Does not work. Like, it's like you run the triple for a reason. The military schools are built perfectly for it. Smart kids, maybe not the best athletes, but still solid athletes. They're going to out scheme you, and 
run for a lot of yards. That's just who they are. It's not changing. And Jeff Munkin sure is not changing. I mean, the man ran, ran the same stuff when he was the head coach of Georgia Southern, and the man was part of that Navy staff. It ain't changing. He'll add wrinkles. He'll r- probably run more belly and down than Coach Kenwell um, overall. Um, and probably runs less midline, but I mean, in the end, they are who they are. It ain't changing. They have success with it. I mean, and you like like you said, if you look at the past thirty years, when they haven't been a true triple slash wing T offense, they've struggled. So I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, <clears throat> Coach Bennett. Uh. I think it should be federal law. They can't run anything else. Uh, I put it in the chat. They also, Army, for whatever reason, I mean, honestly, probably because they don't send a lot of focus on it. Coach Ken with the run and shoot stuff's done a lot, lot more in the passing game than Coach Munkin has. Not that Coach Munkin's incapable of it because he spent some time in the Y himself, but um, they, they don't get – like right now, Navy's got a kid coming back that plays receiver. I can, his name slips, and man, he's he's an NFL body type receiver. He's long. He can run. He can high point the ball. And I just don't ever remember like an Army receiver that can do it. Navy Navy gets those kids. Navy spends a little bit more time recruiting receivers, I suppose. Um, but I, I think if it would have to be somebody other than Coach Munkin and I, if Coach Munkin leaves, they better hire his offensive coordinator. They better keep somebody – get Brian Bohannon from Kennesaw State, somebody else from Paul Johnson Tree. Uh, I, just, I don't think they could be as successful as they are doing anything else. All right. I appreciate all your answers because I agree with it. Yeah, they should not change. Um, and they've been recruiting for that particular offense for how many years now? And so how many years would it take to change – it would take a long time. You can't do that in one season. Um, so Army is an independent. Uh, they are not part of a conference. But Navy has joined a conference recently. They joined the AAC, and they've done pretty well. They haven't won a championship yet, but they've they've shared kind of like a co-champion, and they've won their division once or twice. Um, so I kind of did a thought experiment here, and I know my answer and I'm thinking you guys are probably going to be around the same. If Army decided to join a conference, which conference do you think they would be the most competitive in? And I'm going to give this one first to Coach Bennett. Uh, I would pick a conference. Uh, I personally would like to see them in the Big Ten. Um, because, I mean, yeah, the Ohio States of the world, you know, they're, it would take a while, but once you get in the Big Ten, you get some of that Big Ten money. Recruiting will get a little easier. Um, but, like, the Mac, like the Mac you, you sent the Mac, and even I think they joined the Mac, they win it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like them in the – I like them in the Big Ten. Because I don't okay. want them in the ACC. Coach Steve? Keep them out of the Big Ten. Um, 
I kind of like the Mac only because they would win it every year. So I think they get put in a situation that they're not in right now. Um, so I, I know you put in the notes, but I think that's a good one. Uh, they would change it a little bit. They would be in a different situation right now. And if they won that conference every year, puts them in a – they keep moving higher and higher, maybe eventually they get put in a college playoff conversation. I don't know. You never know. Uh, but keep them out of the Big Ten. Keep them away from the orange and blue. Unless they're playing Florida, I'm all for it. Uh, Coach Banster, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, I get the Mac um, thing, but I, I think – I think they're better than most of those MAC teams. So I, I think it'd be a waste to put them in there. I know they were in the Con USA for like six years, like the late 90s or the 2000s. That really didn't work out, but that was a whole different era. That's when they were trying the eye formation and the spread stuff that just didn't really work. I mean, to me, to me, I, I, I would just put them in same same one as Navy. I mean, that way you can just have that be the last game of every season like it is. I mean – and they just kind of play like competition, and they can kind of just get revenue. Like, kick Pulse out of that, that conference, and then at Army, problem solved. So put, them in the, put them in the division opposite of Davey and the AAC, then they can play in the conference championship and again the week after. I think, um, I think the Big Ten had to change their conference their, and their uh, divisions because they – they had the opportunity where they'd have Ohio State and Michigan play each other one week, and then they ha might have a chance to play each other again in the conference championship, and they're like, we don't want to do that. Um, so I don't know if I would put them in opposite. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if – because my pick was the MAC. Um, the type of kids that they get every year, I think they're – and, shit, they, they play almost a MAC schedule every year anyways. They they play a couple of them every year, pretty much because they're they're regionally close. So I think that would help. Um, yeah, but they're not going to get a whole lot of money <laughs> for doing that. Um, now, interesting enough, I did do a little research. Um, I went to my local bookstore because I'm a nerd, and I bought this book. Well, is it in the camera? There we go. It's called A Civil War: Army versus Navy, and so they uh, it's from like the nineties, but it's still a good read. And um, they were talking about how the military academies, because they are federally funded, they are not under the same restrictions as the rest of the NCAA schools when it comes to recruiting. You, they can literally have as many scholarship athletes on their teams as they want. There's no limit. Like most of the – all the other schools have a limit to how many scholarships they can offer. Army, Navy, Air Force, they have no limit. And so they have a wider net that they can cast. And I think that's one of the reasons why they hit so well on a lot of their recruits because they have a bigger pool. But they're still not recruiting that like NFL caliber type player. And they probably never really will. Um, although they have – the academies have had a couple – players recently go to the NFL. Some are still there. Um, you've got Malcolm Perry from Navy last year. He's still on the Dolphins roster. You got Brett Toth from Army a few years ago. Uh, he's on the Arizona Cardinals, an offensive lineman. He was huge, massive dude. Um, who else? Connor, Connor Slumka was on the Jaguars for a while before he got cut. So these guys are kind of proving that, yeah, you still can go to the NFL even if you go to these schools 
And now that the government, I, I'm pretty sure that they, if they go to the NFL, they don't have to serve that five-year commitment, right? I'm pretty sure that we talked about that in the last episode. Yeah, it's the, they, they have some alternative stuff they have to do in terms of marketing the military. But, yeah, I mean, it's stuff they do in the offseason. Yeah. So, I mean, you can add that now and say, hey, if you're good enough, you can still go to the NFL and you still come here and get a world-class education. It's basically an Ivy League education at these schools because of the uh, the standards that they have. So I think that would be interesting. Like, I still think they're talent-wise. I think they're more of a MAC team than an AAC team because I see the AAC is a little bit of a higher level. And I still technically think, even though I'm an Army fan and I know they've really played hard against Navy the last couple of years, I still think Navy is a little more talented with the type of kids that they recruit. Um, okay, before I get on to any more rants, <laughs> let's uh, move on to the next question here. And uh, Coach Steve, I'll, uh, wait, this is Coach Banstra. You're going to get this one. Who has more inspiring pregame speeches, Coach Munkin or Coach Ken? Oh, Coach Munkin. Like, it, 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 that's, that's, and that's no offense to Coach Ken. That's just personality-wise. Like, I mean, we talked about it already. And we talked about priority. That that pregame Michigan speech is just. I mean, you'll run through a wall. It's that's all personality oriented. I think. I mean, that doesn't factor in anything about their ability to coach. Mm-hmm. Like, but I mean, Co- Coach Munkin is is usually jacked and ready to go. And I mean, you're, you'll run through a wall for the man. Was that the the last of the hard speech, the Michigan yes. one? That yeah. was a good one. Like, oh, this is gonna be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I had a. Uh... I, I was in an argument within the coach's office one day before that game. It was the week before that game. And I said, guys, you better watch out. Army might, might win this one. And that pregame speech, I was like, all right, they're going to win. <laughs> it just, and they almost did. They, they, I, I'm pretty, they whipped Michigan's butt on offense the whole game. And their defense was pretty solid, too. Some of the best tackling I've seen in years uh, at the college level. Uh, anybody else have any comments on uh, pregame speeches? I like, I love Coach Ken, but the last of the hard speech for a Michigan game that locked up any debate ever about pregame speeches. <laughs> All right, uh, Coach Steve, I'm going to give you this next question here. Uh, we're going to look at the schedule that I have on the last page for Army. Um, they don't necessarily have the toughest schedule this year. Uh, so here is their schedule. By the time by the time the listeners hear this, Army will have played their first game uh, because this one will not be released until next week. Um, so their first game is at home versus Middle Tennessee, at home versus UL Monroe, at home versus BYU, away at Cincinnati at home versus Abilene Christian, an FCS school, at home versus the Citadel, an FCS school, away at UTSA, at home versus Mercer, at home versus Air Force, away at Tulane, at home versus Georgia Southern, and then the Army-Navy game. All right. So if we're looking at that schedule there, it's not – compared to some of their past schedules, it's not 
necessarily as tough because they don't have an Oklahoma. They don't have a Michigan on the schedule this year. Um, and they've got a couple of FCS teams that they, they had to schedule because of, you know, the whole COVID issue. Um, what would it take for a team like Army to be considered for what we call a big bowl game, something besides the Armed Forces Bowl or the Military Bowl, the ones that they're almost always in? And we kind of talked about this with Navy last time. What would it take – what kind of craziness would it take for a team like Army to ever be considered for the college football playoff? This for me, for the spread guy. Yeah. They would have to go undefeated. There'd be no question. They're not going to consider unless they're undefeated. And then I know it's not their fault. They need to have some type of big game on there. You know, if they were undefeated and beat Michigan that year, you would have to consider it uh, and how they play against those other teams. If they're playing other teams and they're close games, they're not going to consider it. Kind of like where you saw Boise State years ago and all that type of stuff, all those talks. Uh, so in order for them to get into something like that, they've got to beat a huge team once or twice a year. They got to go undefeated, unfortunately. Uh, or they join some type of conference. If they got in the Big Ten and run, ran the table, that's going to get them in there too. But, you know, that – they have to get that schedule, and this is the wrong year to try to be doing that with this COVID situation. So their schedule changed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Coach Bennett, you have a answer to this question. They got to win them all, and with this schedule, they got to win them all and hope a couple big guys hit the ground. Hit the ground. I mean, you got to have that marquee win, and. Uh, that schedule you just ran off. Georgia Southern's very good, but they're very good in their conference. And they they they're getting it right down there. They're doing a fantastic job. Their offense coordinator, um, DeBose, DeBees, DeBees, he's phenomenal. He was the guy that was at New Mexico putting all the spread triple stuff in. Um, their head coach has a great culture. He's developing. We, I got a kid down there playing right now. Uh, He's doing some great things. Uh, but that, I mean, that's like a big, that's a big game for Army based off schedule you just read off. Uh, I'm never going to miss an opportunity to shout out my guys at the Citadel. Uh, Citadel's a very good team. Very good FCS team. Uh, playing the SOCON, who unfortunately is not playing in the fall. SOCON's one of the best FCS conferences. Um, but they got to win them all. Dogs are about to start raising hell. My girlfriend's here. I'm going to meet myself till they're done. All right. Coach Banstra? Um, I mean, the obvious thing is they have, they have to run the table, get some help. I mean, and then they need – one, they need some sort of marquee win. So, somebody they beat needs to go like 12-1 or 11-1, whatever it is. And then they need about four or five of those schools on their schedule to be ranked at the end of the year. Like, I mean, that, that's just – I mean, this year it, it's, it's, there's an easier path if people mess up. If they go undefeated and people mess up because right now, Big Ten, the Pac-12 aren't potentially eligible for the Final Four. I mean, you have a smaller pool, you can get two. But a normal year, I mean, you need to, like, beat Michigan last year and then, like I said, go undefeated and then have two or three other teams on that schedule that are ranked. And not like – it can't be, like, 23, 24, 25. It needs to be, like, 12, 18, 22 – like – they need legitimate rankings. Um, 
I mean, because they go undefeated and they have a decent schedule from a PR, like, because I'm a business teacher, like from a PR standpoint, you exclude one of our military academies from playing. Yes, they don't probably have the athletes that some of these other teams do, but you're also talking about a PR nightmare if you don't put men who serve our country in a championship game when they're undefeated and have won a good schedule. That's just, it's just not wise. Yeah, I was talking to another guy the other day about the playoff system that we have now. And the playoff that we have now, the whole purpose of it was because a team like Boise State was going unbeaten, beating the crap out of their conference every single year. And every year they would be left out of the championship game. They'd be number three. They'd be number four. Um and so that the whole purpose of the playoff was like, all right, we need to avoid that from happening. And guess what? The same crap is still happening. Since the playoff has started, we haven't had, except for Notre Dame, did they make it into the playoffs that one year? Except for Notre Dame, there are no other teams from a non-Power 5 school that has ever been even considered. I mean, look at UCF. A couple years ago, UCF should have get, been given a shot. And, and to me, I think if you're unbeaten and you're beating the crap out of people, you should be given a chance. You know, even if you don't play an SEC schedule, I get it. Those are tough schools. The SEC is basically pre-NFL based on the talent that you're getting. You know, that's the NFL's um, training league is the SEC. But still, it's not easy to go unbeaten doesn't matter who you're playing. You know who you can thank for that? Who's the that? Spread, the spread guys. When Hawaii went to the Sugar Bowl and got hammered by Georgia, that, I mean, I guarantee the playoff committee brings that game up every year. Yeah. I mean, when you can't block either defensive end because your offensive tackle can't physically move nearly quick enough, I mean, that, that killed any chance of – that's what made it difficult. And I was a big Hawaii fan at the time, but you're like – I mean, you watch. They were great. Timmy yeah, Chang, they were great. Fun to watch. They were great, but they physically, they physically could not block either one of those defensive ends. So they brought four, dropped everybody else. And Colt Brennan had – I mean, everybody was a dog on Colt Brennan for that game. Colt Brennan had less than two seconds to throw about every single one of those snaps. Like, the man was under physical assault the entire game. I'm yeah, not yeah. saying it's Coach Steve's fault. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, Just run power read. You'll be okay. Everything will be fine. Not if you can't move the three pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's uh, – that would be something else that would probably come up with Army is, um, you know, their offensive linemen, what, the, what their triple option does is they're flat back. They're coming off the ball as hard as they possibly can, doing a lot of scoop blocking, a lot of double teams, all that kind of stuff. And – if you watch their passing plays, I hate to say it because I'm such an Army fan, they are atrocious at pass protection. So, yeah, you put Army up against an Alabama-caliber defense, a Clemson-caliber defense, it's probably not going to look pretty nine times out of ten. But you get that one game where they play really well and the other team is just not doing the right things. I mean, they you got to give them a shot. Right, at least 
even in high school, you give the, the really crappy teams a shot. <laughs> I mean, look at Ohio. Everyone's in the playoff now. <laughs> so, all right. Um, before I uh, rag on any other states here, uh, let's go ahead and I'm going to make this the last question tonight because we've kind of gone over a little bit, but that's fine. Um, when we think Army football, uh, do you have any players that come to mind? And what are the special moments for you in history? And I'm going to give Banster the first shot. I mean, the, the player that always comes to my mind is Villanueva, who's at the Steelers now. I mean, the best part of it is he didn't play offensive tackle in most of college. He was a receiver slash tackle, barely a tight end at six foot eight and like nearly 300 pounds. Like it was fantastic. Like I loved it. But kind of like the Navy thing, like, again, I don't necessarily look at the Army-Navy stuff for players. I look at teams, kind of what it means. I mean, it goes back to every Army-Navy game that I've ever watched. I mean, I did love the Michigan game. I mean, I, and the Oklahoma game. Where, I mean, I know they lost both those games, but, I mean, you're talking about overtime games where they're, it's pushed to the brink and, like, you're going for it. I mean, the Michigan game would easily be my favorite had they won that game. Um, but, yeah, it's the Army-Navy games, and then th those two games kind of stick out in my head as especially recent stuff that just kind of good moments, but good things for their program, show how well Coach Monk has done to rebuild it. Yeah. Um, Coach Bennett? Uh, I, my favorite, you know, obviously recently has been a Mob Bradshaw, but – when I think when I think Army, I think Army Navy, the pageantry, the the definitely best uniform game of the year because those cats come up with some great stuff. Uh, and I think about here more recently in the Munkin era, I think about a really, really, really fundamental defense that hits you in the mouth. Their defense couples perfectly with that offense. They are physical, and you, you've got to either be better than them or physically manhandle them to get anything done. I mean, they're very good, very good on defense. Kept them in a lot of games last year. They probably wouldn't have been in otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, Coach Steve? Again, kind of like Navy, uh, I'm truthful. I don't watch it for the, the players. I can't sit here and tell you a player, but I think that's what makes teams like that so special is that you're – it's a team – so when I watch, I watch it for the team, uh, the culture. You know, it's easy to say the Army Navy stuff, but like, like I said, you think of, I think of toughness. I think you know they're nitty gritty. You know, uh, they're going to come at you with everything they got. They're not going to take a playoff. They're and to think of, if I remember, it's one of the best tackling teams you're going to see. They're very tough. Their linebackers are going to tackle you in space. Um, so all those moments, all watching those games, uh, you know, and. Jeff Munkins turned around, took him a little bit, uh, but he's got to turn it around, and it's just going to go up and up. And then kind of like Coach Ken, you'll see them in a bigger school one day. We're, we're getting to that point. Uh, but when you get to that point, you're going to think of the teams that they've built and the culture that they have built at those schools. Yeah. Um, moments are obviously the Army-Navy game. I, it sounds like a cop-out, but um, – those are some of the best games. Those are the, 
I think besides maybe the national championship and a couple of the bowl games, um, maybe like Texas, Oklahoma. No, I'd rather watch army Navy over Texas, Oklahoma, to be completely honest. The fact that it's the only game on that day, and there's no other school out there. They've got college uh, football game day out there. Maybe we'll see if they do that this year or not. Um, players, the first time I remember that, like I can still remember watching Army-Navy, um, the one player on Army that I remember was their quarterback, Trent Steelman. I don't know if you guys remember Trent Steelman. Uh, and the reason I remember him was because he was bawling his eyes out after they lost that game. Um, and uh, more recently, the team that I remember the best is that 2017 team when you had Connor Slumka, Andy Davidson, um, Darnell Wolfalk. The reason I remember all the fullbacks' names is because I used to play fullback, so I'd always root for that type of offense. Um, offensive line that year, they had Bryce Holland. He was awesome to watch play football. Um, Brett Toth was on that team. He is a current offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals. At least he's on the team. I don't know if he's starting. Um, then you also defensively, because I coached linebackers, Cole Christensen. That's a name I always remember. Um, and he's currently with the Chargers. We'll see if he makes the team or not. But uh, those are some guys that I always remember. Uh, other moments besides the Army-Navy game, obviously the uh, one of the greatest games that was back and forth, back and forth between the two teams that came down to the very last drive was the uh, 2017 Armed Forces Bowl when Army played San Diego State, and San Diego State had Rashad Penny. That was an amazing game. Um, and then, obviously, the one that Twitter remembers infamously, the 2018 uh, Armed Forces Bowl, when Army scored 70 points on Houston, who everyone knows Houston as a spread, hurry-up, no-huddle team. They really didn't do a whole lot against Army in that game. Um, and I saw a lot of excuses on Twitter as to why that wasn't happening. And it's because they were about to fire their coach and all that kind of stuff. Maybe they fired their coach because they lost to army so badly, who knows? <laughs> um, but we're going to have to go ahead and sign off here. And it, it, I thought this was a really good podcast tonight, guys. I appreciate you guys coming out. Appreciate you guys coming out and talking army football specifically. Uh, so I'm going to give each of you guys starting with coach Steve, some final thoughts. Go ahead, Coach Steve. Um, I didn't take quite the abuse tonight, so I feel a little better. Uh, today was the first day of school for us, this remote learning stuff. It is a hassle. So for all the educators out what it is, good luck. Stay safe. Uh, I'm mentally drained from it, but we'll get through it. We'll get football back. We're going to get life back to the way it was. Uh, but I did learn my lesson from the Navy talk. So I think I learned my lesson a little bit. And I apologize for calling the tight end a Y. <laughs> That's all right. We'll forgive you for that one. Um, Coach Banstra? I mean, I, I don't really have too much to add. Like I said, it was another great time. Um, again, I always love talking Army-Navy. It's one of my favorite games to watch every year. Um, I think they both have great, fantastic coaches. Coach Munkin is doing some great things. I hope somebody takes a chance on them. All right. Maybe uh, towards the end of the season, if we remember it, maybe we should do like a Army-Navy preview episode 
you know, we'll talk about how the season's gone and all that kind of stuff. And last but definitely not least, happy birthday to Coach Bennett. Coach Bennett, do you have any uh, final thoughts for us tonight before you go have some fun, hopefully? Uh, one of my offensive linemen said that day, he said, I don't have too much fun tonight. And uh, I said, we got practice at 8 a.m. So there'll be no fun tonight. Well, we'll go play golf with some of my best friends Saturday. And uh, that'll be a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but enjoyed it. Appreciate you having us. Uh, still go Navy beat Army. But I love Coach Munkin. Let's get him to Illinois. Let's get that going. <laughs> get Coach Munkin to Illinois. Get the chatter going. Spread it out. Do not spread him to South Carolina. We don't need that down here. Get him to the Illini. All right, everybody. We had a really good time tonight. This has been the Armchair Coaching Podcast. And I, the last thing I have to say is uh, go Army, beat Navy. <laughs>